0: What's up, everybody? Today's edition of Locked on ACC is going to be a good one because the ugly is really spooky. It's darn right scary. The fact that Boston College let UConn beat them for the first time in program history. You know, I thought things were getting scary over there for Phil and Emmett Moorhead, but it might be downright nasty for Coach Hafley if things keep going the way they're going. Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked on
1: ACC, your daily podcast
0: You know, normally we're here, Candice Cooper, Kenton Gibbs, Locked On Wolfpack podcast each and every Monday to give you that good, bad, and ugly when it comes to our favorite teams out of the Atlantic Division of the ACC. Yes, you heard it here first on this Monday, on this Happy Halloween, Happy Hallowsy, whatever you celebrate. You know, if you just like being a little costume, things get a little scary around here for some of our teams here in the Atlantic Coast Conference. As mentioned, we are your first team every day, so if you want to listen to all of the topics around each team in this conference, please download so subscribe to the podcast from anywhere kenton how are you feeling
1: oh i feel great you know what i mean i feel great um it's it's been a very interesting weekend from thursday forward you know what i mean and and so uh this is this is a a a this is an episode that like you said is downright spooky over here it's it's downright scary hours it's some nasty hours for some folks and and i'm gonna tell you what uh some folks are are they, they're going to be trick or treating in whatever city they're in for the last time uh, tonight. So they might as well let them kids fill up the bags as much as they want.
0: And, you know, normally we go with the good, bad, and ugly, but I think because it's Halloween, because things get a little scary, let's just start with the ugly. Let's start with the oohie like, ooh, we. This is definitely one of those situations where we can't hold it back. We don't want people to wait to the end of the show to hear what our ugly is. We got to go right to the kit and caboodle. So we're going to start with the five takeaway game that UConn delivered to you to Boston college that gave them their first win from a power five program since 2016. Yes, that is right. UConn defeated Boston college 13 to three on Saturday. In case you were sleeping, I know you were checking scores and thinking about where everyone landed there in the ACC. It's safe to say Boston college is the worst team here in our conference.
1: I think that that's more than safe to say. (laughs) Losing to UConn is absolutely outlandish, given all the things that we know about UConn. I mean, number one, they were one of the last winless teams in America. One of the last teams. Yes. One of the last winless teams in America last year until they played the uh, UMass Minutemen. Who were also winless. Somebody had to win that game, just because college football doesn't end in ties. Somebody had to win, yes. and so you know you you see that situation, and I, it's it's tough to say anything along the lines of like, how do you keep Halfley at this point? Like, n- not even about the game right now. As as Boston College, how do you defend this? How do you keep Halfley? Because I, I understand that we we've been there we've seen it i as an nc state guy remember back in 2019 when everybody who put on the red and white at nc state got hurt it wasn't this bad it yes. was you were not losing to a one-win independent team that you know they everybody would love to schedule them for homecoming that, that's a that's the, the team that you want to see i i can't believe it and just one last fun fact before i, I pass it back to you okay I retired from the sport of football in 2016 due to injury, all right? Right. Since 2016, if you combined every win up until this season that that UConn has had, they have a total of nine. A total of nine. If you include the wins that they had coming into this game, they had a total of 12.
0: And that's. Like football seasons. We're not talking about one season they had 12 wins and they just never won again. Like, this is just year, year after year after year, two to three at best.
1: Two, two to three at best. You got one and 11 last year, two and 10 in 2019, one and 11 in 2018, three and nine in 2017, three and nine in 2016. And the last time they were ball eligible, they still had a losing record at six and seven. It's tough. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I I, I struggle to be able to find the words to process this because this is whatever you feel like uh, Jim Moore Jr. is a, as a coach, whatever you feel like, you know, he he's all this or that with X's and O's. From a pure talent standpoint, Halfley is in year what, three, four?
0: Year three.
1: Year three. You have enough, or should at least, at this point in time, enough guys who have been in this system have grown up in your system enough to where even if you got to trot out uh, the walk-ons, you can get you a win against UConn.
0: Terrible. There's a lot of things to unpack here. Let's first start with the X's and O's. Obviously, you know, Boston College's offense not getting it done. 12-19 on the day, 155 yards for Phil Dr. Kovic. He went out with the lower body injury. We had to get Moorhead in there. He threw interceptions on the day, it was a combined three between Moorhead and Phil Dracovic. So, first things first, you know how we like to do here in this show. Freeze Flowers till it's backwards. Free him. My guy is going through it. He tried to be the loyal one, hold it down, stick around. And in that, we move on to our next. Not only the offense was not their defense, you know, head scratching, but Halfley, you knew a guy as loyal as Zay Flowers trying to come back and give you and Phil that one-two punch. You couldn't build no help around him in that offensive line in the trenches where we all know that's where the game is mainly played. Shame on you. Like, that's how I feel about it. Shame on you for not setting up Phil and Zay for success. It was only a matter of time before Phil got hurt. People dropping like flies. You don't have people, you don't have horses in the stable already. It was only a matter of time before Phil got seriously injured. And now, like, you have to finish out the season where that was your gimme win. You got to play Duke next weekend, who is a Duke team ready to go coming off a bye? Good luck. Good luck. That's tough. They might not win another game.
1: All right. I don't know what the path to winning another game is for them because if Phil ain't coming back. They got to play
0: Duke. They got to play your team, NC State, which like now that we know who NJ Morris is, good luck. They got to play Notre Dame, a team who, yeah, shaky, but they sure enough can beat UConn with their eyes closed. And then they got to play Syracuse, a team that's probably trying to end on a better note than they have this kind of back half of the season. Tough go. I don't think they win another game.
1: I, you know, I, I don't disagree with you there. And, again, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not – again, I don't know – I get it. All the injuries to the offensive line have been bad, and that caused an injury to the quarterback. I understand that. The quarterback is, is the most important position in football right now. That's, that's the way the game is being played. That's the way the rules are set up. Sure. I'm not sure how you look at this and you say, after seeing this in year three – I want to see year four. I want to see this team is trending in the wrong direction. And again, to me, I'm I'm a firm believer in you're never as good as you are when they when you're winning, and you're you're never as good as people say you are when you're winning. You're never as bad as people say you are when you're losing. This may be one of those cases where they actually are as bad as everybody thinks they are because <laughs> losing losing to UConn again. I saw UConn. I saw UConn with my own two eyes earlier. Uh, this year. I, I saw it. I saw it. And they looked, they they didn't look like a FBS football team.
0: They yeah. just didn't.
1: They, did. they didn't look like it in the trenches. They didn't look like it in terms of speed, athleticism. They just didn't look like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, NC state, you know, they made, they made Thayer Thomas look like Randy Moss back in, in 2006. <laughs> and I, I, I Listen, I love me some Thayer Thomas. I love me some Drake Thomas. I, I hope that Lex Thomas comes in and does great things. But I have never, ever in my life seen uh, a team look that unathletic and be an FBS team. And then for them to go on and, and beat Boston College, man, I, man. Again, I don't know. I I don't know what the path forward is other than, you know, <laughs> telling Halfley, hey, big time, big time, man. It's been great and you know you, you you made people want to run through walls for you so I, I just want to say that i just want to but um
0: it's been real it's been fun but it ain't been real fun Unfortunately, i don't i don't care if the go.
1: loss i don't care if the loss was on, at home i don't care if it was on the road i don't care if you got feel that quarterback I don't, I don't care if you got feel Jacoby. i don't care if you got feel of the future i don't care if you got happy feelings by uh, frankie beverly and Mays back there it don't matter you got to win this game so uh, I'm going to go ahead and leave you in Connecticut, and we're going to get on back to Boston and Chestnut Hill, and you figure it out big time. Because, uh, no, sir, this is not acceptable
0: hundred BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football, and at the start of the basketball season, you can get right. Find all of the latest player developments, teams, matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. The fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite games, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends of topic. How soon can we bet on Coach Havley not being the coach at Boston College? It may become quicker than you think, and who could be the next potential uh, coach for Boston College, it may come sooner than y'all are imagining because Online is where the game starts, and I'm sure they have that right there for you. Rocking and rolling, Ken Gibbs here, Locked On ACC podcast. Each and every day you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get us to a 1,000, please. So we talked about the ugly first. We had to get that out of the way. But let's you know, shift a little bit to the bad because there are things that weren't terrible as Boston College, but still things that are a little shaky. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'll say NC State. I wanted you guys to take care of business a little more handedly with Virginia Tech. But I'll say everything's scary on a Thursday night game during Halloween season. It always shakes up a little dicey. Always a little dicey when it comes to, you know, games that are played during Halloween weekend. So that's one for me. Number two, you want to address that or you want to go for my two?
1: I mean... At the end of the day, if only there was somebody that had warned everybody that that team probably needed to be on. Upset. You
0: did. Props to Kenton for saying that be on upset alert because they don't know why there was a two touchdown, you know, lead and all the things. And let's keep it a buck. We started out with Chambers. We ended up with the Morris. But thankfully, what was going to be my good is NC State found a quarterback. So that was going to be my good, and we could save that for the end. But I will say NC State. It was. It was a little. It was a little touch and go there.
1: I. At the end of the day, the biggest thing that worried me, you had a team as a 14 point favorite that had not scored a single touchdown in the last uh five and a half quarters.
0: I don't I don't know who decided that though. What Vegas better, you know, playmate, whatever they are, why would you say yes, this NC State team is gonna run all over Virginia Tech? And this
1: is this is what I tell people all the time. At the end of the day, regardless of how good your defense is, I don't I don't care how good your defense is, your offense has to do something has to do something in order to keep that defense looking good. If your offense is discombobulated, confused, and you know, you know the old saying, if you got two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterback. If you have two quarterbacks and you don't know who's going with, and you know, the every, both quarterbacks looking over their shoulder, oh man, if I make a bad pass, he's going to come in and did it up. I knew that that team was going to struggle to put up points to start the game. I I figured that was going to be a thing. And I figured if you keep giving Virginia tech and that offense and uh, Caleb King and, and whatnot, the, the ability to um, the ability to get back on the field again and again and again, eventually there, something's going to happen. Yeah. And you know, that team, that Virginia tech team credit to them had a 21 point, to um, had a 21 point third quarter. I believe that was the highest scoring quarter against NC state this year. Um, I, I didn't expect that to happen, but I knew if you keep giving teams chances, that something, something's going to happen. But I do agree that MJ Morris uh, establishing himself as the guy was vital. It was vital for this team. It was essential. And I think that he's everybody keeps talking about he's the quarterback of the future. I don't know if y'all know this, folks, but the future means going forward. <laughs> he's the quarterback of the present. He now, has to, yeah, right? yeah, if yeah. you believe that Devin Leary's coming back next year, then you believe that he's the quarterback of the future. I think he's gonna go make a, a few M's and go play on Sundays next year. But that's what? that's, no, that's
0: just, no, huh? Okay, all right. Absolutely not. Okay, all right. I, I think he's gonna take another year and go play somewhere like a middle Tennessee state.
1: I I I disagree with that take, but I we we will see. I'm gonna tell you this. If there is anybody who can say, oh, look, look what it was with me. Look what it was without me. And, and have that proof of, like, whatever you thought the problem was, it wasn't me. It was Devin Leary. The The offense did not look good. They looked middling with him in.
0: But there's still, more, there's still more games to play. And if MJ Morris can give you half a little bit of something, that's going to say more about Devin than it is going to say about, you know, offensive coordinator Tim Beck.
1: But that, that's the thing. The offense... The offense didn't look bad with Devin Leary. They look again, they looked at times very middling. They looked – the only time the offense they didn't
0: look, they didn't look like I need to be an NFL. Nobody's NFL quarterback.
1: Again, when you look at Tim Beck and what that offense produced without Devin, he can say, listen, at the end of the day, it's okay. just like anything else in life. They say you never know what you got till it's gone. And That's everybody true. talked about what Devin Leary was or was not this year. And we could all agree that objectively, he he looked tentative. He looked like he was playing tight and all that good stuff. We saw this offense without him. And, and, and you know, uh, I'm going to drop a spoiler alert for any of y'all who haven't seen Black Adam yet. I was singing Baby Come Back like, like the brother <laughs> in the car. I was screaming, Devin Come Back. Oh, it kind of fool could see oh, that there Lord. was something. And everything about you. Because I was disgusted. I was disgusted (laughs) by what I saw. That offense, and again, five and a half quarters without him, put up a total of 18 points. So, you know, whether or not he decides to go to the whether or not he decides to transfer, I don't know. But I know that what I do know, for 100% fact, no speculation, no guessing, MJ Morris needs to be QB1 for the rest of the year. Jack Chambers, we salute you for coming in and carrying water florida state game getting us that win it might not have happened without you we salute you brother we we salute you we thank you we give you the honor and the reverence that that is due but this is mj morris's team and that's that on that
0: already and we talked about the next bad here: wake forest and louisville a Wake Forest team that everyone has argued is clearly, like, Thompson adjacent. They're the second best here in the conference and all the things and blah, 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 blah. I have never seen a team get more punched in the mouth and not fight back.
1: Well, I, I'm going to tell you, my good is actually the the fighting Satterfields. You know, he was on the brink. He was I'm on saying
0: the-, the, Satterfields, the Satterfields fought back. Wait, was, Forrest did not fight back.
1: Uh, what what I'm saying is, my good is how Louisville has performed with, with Scott Satterfield up against the ropes now. He was up against after that Boston College loss, he was up against the he was. It he makes was that up.
0: worse look even worse now. Oh, it, it, it looks
1: way worse. It looks way worse. But he was right up against the fence. He was you know, they had him. They had that man hemmed up shaking him down for his lunch money. And and the team came in and said, Hold on, old man, we've got you. Three straight wins off that one.
0: That's great. We're talking about the bad, though, and what we're talking about is Wake Forest well, and you the bad. Let me get off my good. No, but we're not me. on good. But we're not on good. Can you stay on topic and focus? Like, okay. have mercy. Well,
1: all right. Well, um, talk you know, about it, your
0: bad Wake Forest. That's what we're the conversation is going towards.
1: Okay. Well, you know this this Wake Forest <laughs> team, um, this Wake Forest team surely did look look rough, but I. I'm a little confused here because, like, offensively, the turnovers were terrible. Yes. But many of the things that we saw, like, defensively, them allowing 35, anytime you allow 35 points in the quarter, you're doing something terribly wrong. Absolutely. Sure. But, like, many of those things we we kind of already knew. Like, we knew Wade Forest was going to have to score 35, 40 points a game in order to win football games. like we But I knew- guess
0: it was exasperated with a team like Louisville. You're not assuming that it's going to take all that to beat Louisville, who's had a rough go this season. That's fair to say, right?
1: You you would guess that, but if you got that Malik Cunningham back there, if you got a young man like that back there, I don't know. But we've
0: been waiting for him to be that guy for like the entire season, and it's been hit or miss.
1: I mean, it, it has been, but again, you can never count a team out. If you've got a team that's bad defensively, And you've got a quarterback like that rolling in the town. You can never—it's college football.
0: I don't think they took them lightly, but they damn sure did not know how to get back up. It was to me, it was more of a mental loss than it was like actually being talented, because we've seen Wake Forest battle against really good teams and compete. But it was the way with which it was almost like a uh, hands up in the air, don't know what to do, don't know how to resolve this, yeah, don't yeah. know how to remain focused. That's where I was disappointed in Wake Forest.
1: That team did look startled; they looked rattled a little bit um, in that third quarter. Again, there were there were plenty of plays in the first half that kept the game close, and and you know sure. weren't, weren't ideal. But it's it's a situation where when you look at this, when you look at this thing and, and how it ended up playing out, it's. I mean, all of the turnovers that were there, It it's tough to say that it's tough to say that Louisville just dominated and whooped the wheels off them so much as uh, Wake Forest beat themselves to an extent. Yep. And it's it's interesting to see, because, again, we already know that there's going to be this whole, oh, we're just lowly old Wake Forest and nobody likes us. And that's why we felt ten spots. no, you had eight turnovers against a team that hasn't been particularly good this year. Again, against a team that let's be honest and let's let's talk about it now. We were talking earlier this season about is the recruiting class enough to keep Satterfield? We have fans in the comments talking about we will not be held captive by uh a top <laughs> recruiting class. We they did we had that going on, and you they walked did. to that team. So I I I look at this uh Wake Forest team and I I the question is they are at a different crossroads than NC State, but they're at a crossroads nonetheless of who do you want to be to end this season out, right? Do you let this one loss turn into two, turn into three? And then you're just kind of like, hey, man, we, you know, we played above our hands. We did great for Wake Forest. Don't ask us for nothing else. Yeah. Or do you go out there and say, you know what? An ACC championship is not in front of us. We've lost three conference games already. It's not going to happen, but there is still a lot of good football in us. There is still plenty of good things to to do here, plenty of goals to accomplish here that we can go accomplish. Who do you become? Who yeah. do you become is, is the question.
0: Really. It's definitely a man-in-the-mirror type moment for Wake Forest and NC State. But even for Syracuse, a team that started out fiery hot, and I know it's like, oh, well, who did they play? In the, the game, in the, the day, you can only play who's in front of you. I think what's tough for you know Syracuse is losing to a team like Notre Dame is having an up-and-down season. It's almost like the consistency, right? We're, we're trying to figure out we want you, we want to be able to say, like, yeah, you are a good team. You're legit. You had a hard fought, you know, game against Clemson and all the things. You beat a good NC State defensive team. Like, all right, fine. But now you got to keep that thing rolling. You can't you can't squat the bed. And I think they squatted the bed a little bit for Notre Dame, that Notre Dame matchup.
1: And and so let me can I get into my bad for a second? Cause right. I, I know I didn't get into the the uh I know I got into the good when we were doing bad, but let me get into the bad here. My bad for this week and really this season overall has been the quarterback's health in the ACC. What's going on? Do the the boys need some milk? Do they need some extra cast or braces? What's happening?
0: Especially from the Atlantic division side, which had so many returners that everyone was excited to see and everyone was talking about. And we, you know, hail ourselves the quarterback conference and all the things.
1: You had uh you had to start off the season, you had Hartman go down with blood clots for a little bit. Then you had um then you had Phil Dracovic getting hurt a little bit there. Then you had um wh- who else has been hurt? I know that Devin Leary is out for
0: Cunningham has been Lee hurt. Has hurt. Jordan Travis well. has been hurt. That, like, Garrett Schrader rolled his ankle. Garrett like,
1: Schrader got hurt in this game. What is going on with this quarterback health in the ACC? We, can't nobody hit you no way anymore. We they, they don't got a target but from here to about your your the top of your knees. What's going on? How is everybody getting hurt? It's it is it's it's crazy to see because I mean, yes, I think that Notre Dame was the better team. And yes, I do think that Syracuse played above their heads a little bit and we're coming back down to earth now. Yeah. But I it's it's really unfortunate to see. That, you know, so many quarterbacks have, have gone down this season and have missed extensive time because, again, this was supposed to be a quarterback's conference, right? Yeah. And, again, it, it's it's no disrespect to uh Drake May to say, hey, he's the flag bear. He's been great. He's been phenomenal. But to see this team and to – or not this team, to see this conference and to look around and say – Well, who hasn't missed a substantial amount of time or who hasn't squat the bed at some random point in time this season? I mean, you even both both divisions, you don't have many quarterbacks that you look at in the in the conference that was returning so much talent at quarterback. It's 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 confusing. And even the guys who haven't gotten hurt have gotten benched. Looking at you, DJ. It's it's I mean, where do you go from here? Where the the quarterback. Injuries and quarterback play in the ACC. That that's my bad.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, there are good things to take away from this. You know, week week nine ACC football. Of course, we'd be remiss if we did not bring up Florida State, who was. The team that honestly held everything down for the Atlantic in terms of being up against a coastal opponent and handling business. They beat Georgia Tech 41 to 16. We finally get to see that Florida State team that of course Georgia Tech's not the greatest thing since sliced bread, but it is nice to see Florida State win games that they're supposed to win. It's nice to see them, you know, win games they're supposed to win and win handedly. It's a refreshing change for this, you know, program and honestly steps in the right direction for what we we will hope to see from some of our like big market uh teams out here in our conference.
1: Um again, I, I, I feel like it's I say this all the time. There is I don't believe that there is any team that in, in particular that oh it's good for the conference when just this team is good. Um, but when you look at Georgia tech and how they've played since losing their head coach, this is still a good win for Florida state. You know what I mean? Like this is still one of those wins where you look up and you say, Hey, this is a, this is a good win. This is regardless of what's going on. Of course we go with a win is a win, but also um, to, to not, to not end up falling for the trap of, Oh, this is a terrible Georgia tech team. And you know, they're, they're just any old body and we can just beat them regardless of what we do. It's, Good for them. Good for Florida State coming in and handling their business.
0: Yeah, for sure. And overall, I think, you know, as much as we rag on Florida State fans, it's like, I'm glad you guys get a nice win. You get a nice dub. Keep the things rolling. Get yourselves that roads' roads ability, which I think they're about they're about there. Right. We're at six games.
1: Uh, Florida State should be. Florida State Florida's should. Games,
0: be let, me, let me make sure because you know they get real dicey. All right, they actually have one more. They need one more. Five I and three okay. right now. They're, they're, on the, they're on the road to eligibility, and it's a career day again for Jordan Travis for Heisman. We all know that boy is going to win the Heisman. Please, he's man. the greatest Please. thing since sliced bread. He's the greatest Please. quarterback ever to you know play in the Florida State uniform. I just wanted that to be on the record. I'm surprised I haven't got video and like clips of his in fantastic day. I'm shocked. Really, truly.
1: Listen, if we we can we can show the man some love in a non facetious manner here. He did have a career day. He did ball out. He did look like. Again, I'm I will tell you this. Um, Jordan Travis had a great day, and he did. And it was good to put to bed some of the the doubts and some of the questions about are are he and Norvell kind of on the outs? Is that a relationship that's deteriorating and all that? We know that, you know, the good book says love covers a multitude of sins. Well, in sports, winning covers a multitude of sins. Winning covers up bad relationships. Winning covers up, you know, whether or not folks are, are you know, feeling each other or not and all that good stuff. So this win was big time for, uh, for Florida State. And, and the fact that, again, just sheer and utter dominance, that's what you want to see out of a game like this. You don't want to see a team with um, – you don't want to see a team with a a interim coach and a starting quarterback that's been very embattled, very up and down, very, you know, you don't want to see Jeff Sims has been hurt as well as uh, fresh some points at the end time this year. You don't want to see that team come in and, and get a win up off you. So it's it's good to see Florida State doing what they got to do there.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys, come back tomorrow. We have good, bad, and ugly. We're talking about the Coastal teams and, of course, Jersey Drake holding it down, Drake May, that is, making sure that he gets at least invited to New York, or should be for that Heisman conversation. Come back tomorrow as we discuss it here for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.